From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. I am, and I'm here. Yeah, you didn't sound convinced, but I'll take it. Uh... <laughs> Before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers and know they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops, select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the for a link above our homepage and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppin' Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman. If you'd like to be a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Brian... Yes. What have you been up to, man? Well, you know, a lot. Uh, it's it's that time of year again, and you'll probably, uh, I'll probably be in and out again. Uh, I, or if maybe I did that last summer, I don't know. We or we probably both did that, but yeah. Anyway, long story short, I'm just it, once we start getting around to spring and summer, I I become extremely busy. Disc golf season starts. Um, archery is rearing its head, yeah. and all of the events at the brewery. And, and yeah, and you know, there's so many different events that are are coming up. Um, all the summer festivals and everything. So. If you see me, good to see you. If not, I'm sorry, and hopefully Casey finds someone worthy. Well, I don't know about <laughs> worthy, but I'll find a warm body. So Gordon, uh, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, he's he's a substitute. He is a substitute. He is he is uh, like I don't know if you haven't met him. It's uh, he, he's like a very curious bear cub that ends up uh, getting into like. You know, a bee's nest. He's basically just Paddington. Pretty much. But with more colorful language. There you go. And less adorableness. Yeah. And not no rain jacket. Yeah, he gets his hand stuck in the honey jar. That's Pooh Bear. He breaks the jar and cuts his hand. That's Gordon, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah Was yeah, that yeah. not something Gordon would do? I mean, yeah. Gordon, we love you, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have I been up to? All kinds of stuff. Um, lots of new beers that uh, have come out at the brewery, um, and we're, we're kind of ramping production up. We're working with a new distributor, uh, so that's fun. Lots of paperwork. Um, but beer-wise, I've been keeping it simple. Um, I had um, several beers from Prize Brewing, which I, it's kind of useless to talk about unless you're local. Um, but that's a brewery I, I hold in high regard and they make, uh, some really cool beers. Um, other than that, um, I am drinking Casey's Pilsner. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, like, so we, we tried this on the last episode with Gordon. I'm just curious, uh, like, give me your, your feedback for version two. Mm, it's good. It's still, it still smells like, um, unsalted saltine cracker or soup cracker, however you want to put mm -hmm. it, soup square. Um, uh, I yeah. the the um version three uh, is going to have a more complex hop bill. Yeah, there's there's um a renewed bitterness to this, um, but I think possibly is oh uh under attenuated, and I don't mean um like there's an off flavor as a result. Mm -hmm. I just mean the body's a little bit, excuse me, a little bit on the heavy side. Mm -hmm. um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it finished at uh, ten ten, if I remember correct. Yeah, uh, it could yeah. be a, a smidge, like a, yep. a point drier, maybe or two. Um, mm -hmm. 
It's better than the first one. Oh, it's much, much better, dude. <laughs> like, you, it's not kicking, what was it, kicking sulfur? Right? Yeah, a lot of sulfur in the last one. Yeah, it's nice and clean, clean as a whistle. Canary beer, too. Um, obviously, your clarity is something yep, to, that's, to think about, too. Yep. But well, cares? and that's who, on a homebrew level, who cares? Right. As, that's as as that's coming. I'm working on flavor first, then we'll get clarity. Yeah, in. this is like stupidly drinkable. And so, I, and I think that's kind of the point with this. Yeah. Oh, I've been drinking a ton Just of it. Drench yourself in it. You yep. Know? I also have the American wheat on that I'll pour you for the next. Cool. episode and but yeah awesome what about you man oh let's see um well i have joined uh the ranks of over 30s everywhere uh where i no longer enjoy beer fest <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> i didn't know you were gonna talk about this uh yeah yeah i like i mean I, I, okay. I mean i feel like i should like it's it's kind of what what happened so i went to k fest which uh, traditionally has always been my favorite uh beer festival um, and it like it, the K Fest was great. It's always a really well run festival. There's a lot of really good beers. Yeah, I think I'm just over it. Like that's entirely possible, I guess. And I that's, don't. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I, I don't, got too drunk. I didn't enjoy that part of it. I like the crowds were kind of eh, and there wasn't any beers that like. And this just might just be jaded, like. And even if there were like beers that were amazing, I was too drunk to remember them. I mean, like, maybe you just need a break, or yeah, could be. I, I don't. Mean, well, I mean, I just had a two-year break. <laughs> <laughs> you have changed and you have grown. Yeah, yeah. Years. Like, and this. So this is this is the second fest in a row where I felt this way. Felt the same way when I did Madison, and I think I think I might just be done with beer fest, which is fine. Just that is what it is, and fine. I for for a lot of years I went through phases with them because I think probably for the better part of fifteen years I've been like on the other side pouring at the festival, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what burned me out on it. Um, yep. And I understand that now. So now that I've poured at one because I, I poured at the yeah. one uh, for the garage, mm -hmm. um, giving the same uh, three spiels about the beers that we were pouring over and over and over, and then at a certain point, nobody cares anyway. So well, you're just... and then for me, it's as, like, from my... I have some pretty terrible social anxiety, and, you know, which is probably why I do a podcast, and right. it's just you and me in the room, and, and then I feel very comfortable. But and there are a lot of times at these festivals I just I can't be on... For mm -hmm. that long, and I do, I do like going to them because I like, I like being, you know, in in crowds. Or I'm fine with that, yep. you know, that part's fine. But it's just like when it, when there's a certain point in festivals where suddenly a, a switch flips and nobody cares anymore. Yep, about everybody's just hammered. Everyone's just very drunk and kind of being jerks sometimes. So, you know, alcohol does different things to different people at different times. You know, if you're tired, you know hungry, whatever, you know, but yeah. And it's okay. Take a step back, take a break. And if you want to go back later and then you enjoy them again, that's great. And if you don't enjoy them, don't go. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. And you that's know? yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I thought, I, it was, I, think, thought it was a good thing to talk about. Yeah. I still think they serve their purpose. Like, no, they're, they're fantastic marketing opportunities. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a great way to try a bunch of different beers. It's great networking too, for like, you have to think about it on our side. Too. Yeah. To get to see, you know, these people on a regular basis and trade ideas is amazing. And I think that's, you know, not to yeah. do a tangent, but that's why breweries do like collabs. Unless it's like the breweries in Minnesota where it's like the same three breweries doing collaborations all the time, which is well, yeah, annoying yeah. and lame. Well, and but. then like, and then a lot of these fests too, like you don't, 
it's not necessarily brewery staff at all of them. It can be distributors and stuff like that. Well, like I, that's- I know for us, it's often it's brewers or ownership or yep. staff. But there are definitely times where it's just like randos. Because uh, what else are you gonna do? Like there one of there's one of these every weekend sometimes. Yeah, you know. No, yeah, and it's it is what it is. It's just mm-hmm. like it's it's a slightly different experience when you have you know the distributor pouring versus somebody who knows yeah the beer from the ground. That's up. someone unlike me who's comfortable being on for four hours. Yep. Like Justin, like my partner. Like if you guys have heard Justin on some episodes yeah. here and there. Yeah, I ran into Justin. Um, he thrives he, on that he kind was, of thing. Uh, so he stopped in like right at the beginning. Um, and so I did the VIP. So um, I saw him like immediately and he's like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm on my way out. Like enjoy the fest. And I ran into him over the next two hours, three more times. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Classic Justin. <laughs> But yeah, Me, so and you know what I did? I drove past it twice, and there wasn't a close parking spot, so I just kept <laughs> driving. <laughs> Which, um, where this beer fest is located is a block and a half, maybe two blocks from the Hop and Barrel Tap Room. Yeah. So just, just that's how close, how much closer the parking spot needed to be for Brian. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I will say we'll drop the name of the liquor store's Casanova. Um, and I think maybe you did say that, or the Nova as it's lovingly yep. known in town. And it's always been a really great spot to get, um, hard to find obscure, uh, uh, a- anything alcohol related. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they take very great pride in bringing, um, the best and most unique stuff. Yeah. And they've cultivated some really unique relationships. Yeah, through people the, will go years, so. very, very far distances to go to this place, including myself. So yeah, I am part of their wine club. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, well, let's do yeah. our commercial calibration. Yes. Let's dive right into that. We haven't done one of these in a minute. This is um, sweet. Uh, like Canadian. I have one open if you want to do that. Canadian one listeners. You can have your own. Give us a chirp, uh, as they say on yep. the Letter Kenny show. Uh, yeah, we have uh, we have Molson. Molson, Molson Canadian. Uh, or Molson Canadian Lager, I guess, is uh, the full name here. This uh, is cool. I love classic brands. Like, yeah, this, this is. is this is, you know, like it's it's kind of an OG. I was I was uh, it's gonna was, taste all shitty now, isn't it? We're like, oh yeah. Rah, well, rah. so it, it was it was hey, a toss up between grabbing this and uh, Labatt. So we'll do Labatt in the yeah. in the future sometime. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, copy says brewed with Canadian water, was prairie a- barley, and no preservatives. This lager is as clean, clean, crisp, and fresh as the country it comes from. Wow, was this? A- <laughs> Cleaning is the country comes. Uh, was this a listener suggestion or no? This is uh, this is a. I was at the liquor store and saw it, and I was like, I kind of got a kick out of doing this. So awesome! Yeah. Um, All right. So pours clear, crystal AF. clear, crystal, MF uh, and clear, light like light thin head. What is your? Yeah, mine's mine's um, I you know maybe a centimeter. Or so, um, and it's kind of sticking a little. Mine, um, very like uh, grain corn forward. Mm-hmm. Yep, grainy corn like aroma. Um, there is um, at first this is beer flavored beer, but there is a little bit of acetyl mm. that's pushing for me. Um, a little bit of. Um, just a little bit of that, Can- like candy apple. Yeah, 
just a little apple on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, little, uh, little. I have a fun story about not this. quite cider. Yeah, not quite. Probably more like pressed apple, and it's not unpleasant. Yep. So, what's what's the most you've ever paid for a Molson? I probably not like I would say it was less than five dollars. Yep. Uh, most I ever paid was uh, nine pounds. <laughs> <laughs> We went to this Canadian bar really? in uh, in London, and okay. they had import. You know, the the big import was Molson. Do they it have was nine pounds a bottle? Were there any hockey jerseys? Oh yeah, no, it was it was all hockey. Do like, we have Canadian listeners? I'm sure we have Canadian. We have listeners. to have Canadian listeners. Hello, T A T U. I mean, sorry, we're we're we're, like, we're pretty similar, except yeah, we have worse health care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> So yeah, this is just, uh, this is beer flavored beer. Yeah, it's you could you know you you could drink two to three of these and you wouldn't notice the flavor anymore and you could just move on with your day and you know get yep. drunk. Yeah, it's I and mean the colder the better kind of with this one and these are a little on the warmer side. They're probably about thirty eight forty degrees. Yeah, it's a lot lawnmower beer. I don't know. Yeah. Molson. If you don't, if you don't know what a lawnmower beer is, that's where you're mowing your lawn and you're drinking a beer. Yep, lawnmower beer, deck beer, all kind of the deck same beer, thing. It's something you drink beer, in the pole barn beer. Drink when you're warm and sweaty and just need to cool down a bit. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right. I, uh, moving on. What are we? Yeah. Talking about? Uh, yeah. So we are going to uh, dig deep into brewing fruited sours. Uh, we have a listener mail at the end of this that kind of prompted this uh, from listener Moritz. And uh, we're, yeah, so we'll talk about this and then uh, we'll go through the listener mail and see if we got um, answered all of his questions. And if not, we'll kind of go through there. So, uh, Fruited Sour, uh, we're kind of looking at um, like the Lindemans Fruited Lambic or um, BJCP style. <gasps> Sorry, <laughs> 23F. Just a lot of beer gas going on, man. That, uh, yeah, that, that Molson hit me hard, I guess. Jeez. Yeah, he chugged it. You guys didn't see. Just, bloop. Just kidding. Unless you're a patron, then <laughs> you definitely know what's going on. I was picking my nose earlier, and I was like, oh, shit, is the, is the, is the patron stream on? <laughs> That's right. Uh, if you if you want to see Brian pick his nose, um, or, or me become not a $5 wear, patron. Yeah, or me not wear a shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt today, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Lindemans is uh, available worldwide except for River Falls, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's well, there's a lot of import tax yes. bullshit yeah, that's there's, there's been in the last couple of years, and we've not been getting the same cool stream of neat yes. imports that we used to. Um, it's uh, so yeah, fruit lambic. We're talking um, basically our uh, complex, refreshing, pleasantly sour Belgian wheat beer. Blending a complimentary fermented fruit character with a sour, uh, funky goose. Um, yeah, I mean, fruit sour. It's um, and I think this is a little bit different than what uh, the fruit sours that we've been. Because I guess we're technically talking fruit lambic yeah. um, versus like the fruit sours that we've seen um, kind of rise up in this area. Which is like the fruited lactose sours and like the fruited, um, like uh, Berliners and kettle sours and things like that. Well, what so what is a lambic? Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, lambic comes from like the the lambic region of uh, Belgium. 
Uh, and it's a spontaneously fermented um, like it's wheat wild beer. ale. It's a wild it's ale, wild but ale, wheat yeah. based. Yeah, what thirty to forty percent unmalted? Are we talking about? I here? think so. Yeah, is that pretty? Pretty I mean, common. Uh, yeah. uh, probably some pills or malt, aged hops, which is not a thing that we talk about very often. Yeah, um, and that's that's another like that's something I kind of definitely want to hit. They kind of smell like cheese. They're very cheesy. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, why why do we use aged hops instead of fresh hops, Brian? <laughs> why are you asking me that? You just put me on the spot. I have no idea. Well, you put me on the spot with what is Alambic. So. That's a really good point. I did. Um, they're used like aged hops are for like a preservative effect more so than bitterness. And it kind of makes the bitterness level really difficult to uh, estimate because obviously your plant's got a half life. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, and so it's, I guess the base and, and, you know, Bjorn <laughs> or somebody will correct me, but I, seem to remember in my lizard brain that it's more for the preservative effect and just bitterness to balance the sweetness but you know you've got the sour that's kind of like yeah the sour is gonna playing with it too so yeah that lactic acid is gonna cut a lot of that sweetness yeah and so like traditionally these these lambics they're they're spontaneously fermented naturally uh occurring yeast and bacteria that's in uh predominantly oak and oak barrels um and usually neutral, so we wouldn't use like a bourbon barrel. Um, and you're not gonna be f- expecting like fresher. You're not. You're not looking for a, a barrel character. Yeah, you want like as neutral as the oak can can be. And the reasoning behind that is because it messes with like the traditional flavor that we're trying to work with here. And we're using the oak more as, and I say this a lot, substrate. Like it's it's a little area with nooks and crannies for the yeast to live and play and do the st- yeah. stuff that they do. You know. Um, both versions, home and craft, are usually uh, made with like pure culture, um, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, pure yeah, pure pure cultures of yeast. Uh, so Saccharomyces, Brett and PD, Brett Pedio and Lacto um, are added, and that's kind of used to mimic what like the microbiota that you would find in the barrels in the area of Brussels where the origin of this style is. Mm-hmm. So there, there's just no good way to know like what's viable in a barrel. And so if you're not getting any activity in it, then you probably got to inoculate it. Right. Well, and so uh, Cantillon um, and a lot of these traditional um, Lambic breweries, they use something called a cool ship. Um, to inoculate the wort, and it's a large, shallow trough um, that's open air um, where they pump up the uh, the hot wort and let it uh, come down to temp, and they open up these big, uh, like, barn barn door window type things, mm-hmm. and the, um, the air, break, like, kind of goes over it and drops in all the... Like all the bacteria and stuff that's floating on the wind, and that's yeah. how they inocu- inoculate the wart. A good place for a cool ship would be on the roof of a building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had put uh, maybe some. Uh, we'd put some buckets with some cheesecloth. Um, you know, if you leave a bucket of wort sitting out without cheesecloth, maybe once in a while you have like a, a bee or a fly some or bugs some bugs, and stuff, yeah. which is also. It's sort of okay because you're going to end up boiling anyway, or you should. Um, so I. Well, so here's the thing, though: if you boil, then you're killing off all the bugs that you just got. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. After it's 
fermented, you could boil it. You could. Being a home brewer, yeah. not wanting to drink bugs. Ah, just filter the bugs out. Oh, Protein. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so as a home brewer, though, instead of doing a spontaneous, uh, like, fermentation is kind of what we call it, um, or, you know, having to build a cool ship or set your, uh, set your, um, your bee, bee ward out, mm-hmm. um, you can, you can buy, uh, blends of yeast, you can step them up from dregs of a bottle. Um, if you have, if you, if you buy a, like a Lambic beer, um, you like, there will be sediment at the, at the bottom of a bottle, uh, most of the time. And you can take that and you can kind of build that up to get a blend of yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I guess if, if we're, if we're brewing one, um, regardless of recipe, like, uh, you, you mash, you do your you do your normal boil. You had you add your your cheesy hops in. Cheese, your cheese hops, um, and then you. So are we are we looking at something like more of a traditional starter? Are we just dumping like directly into the wort? What would you What would you do if you were brewing a lambic on the homebrew scale? I mean, you'd want some some Saccharomyces in order to to, mm-hmm. to get. I mean, it's a low alcohol beer as it is so mm-hmm. yeah very definitely you 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 know in these blends that they sell there's definitely saccharomyces in there that just to do you know what it's supposed to do um yeast and souring bacteria need to go into this and brett is technically a yeast so yep that too um you know, and if you age on fruit, I mean, there's all kinds of different yeasts on yeah, there. Yeah, you already too. have, like, if you, if you don't, like, and like, I hate to say, like, don't wash your fruit, but. Well, don't wash, no, I'm just, I'm just going to say it, don't wash your fruit. Yeah. Like, just. Don't wash your fruit, like, especially if you, like, you know the source it's coming from, like, and, like, they're not using any, like, super harsh pesticides or anything like that. Right. Um, because then you have a lot of these uh, bacteria that you want already on the fruit. Um, so we, we talked about age hops. Is there something that we can use instead of age tops? Like if we use fresher hops, is it going to really make a difference? Uh, I mean, if you, if it depends on what you're going for, I mean, if you're entering in a BJCP sanctioned, you know, homebrew contest, yeah, you'd want to, I mean, but you can use, you know, you use what you want. Like, so essentially we want, um, like we want a little bit of bitterness there, right? Yep, definitely. You need to balance it out. Yeah. Even with the sour, you got to balance it out. Like plain yep. and simple. I mean, like, could you use just hop extract? Definitely, yeah. Because if all you're trying to do, trying to do is balance, you know, sweet and bitter, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, all right. So then, when do we add the fruit? Like, do we want to add the fruit? Like, do we want to ferment it and age it on the fruit? Do we want to add that later? Like after we blend? Or, um, yeah. So if you're aging on whole fruit, uh, you want to add it like to the beer. So whole fruit, fresh pick, not from frozen from like a field or an orchard or something. So you're getting a more pure flavor. So like, you know, in most cases, you know, the fruit, you know, it's added in onto the beer in a matter of hours if possible. Um, 
which then that will give you that bacteria and, and yeast and that. So uh, you can add during the boil. You can add in the in the fermenter. You can add in the the secondary. Uh, depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, if you want like like orange peel, like bitter orange peel and stuff like that, can go in the boil. If you're just trying to get that flavor, if you're trying to get the, you know, different yeasts and bacteria off of them, then you want, you know, to add that into the fermenter or on the, the wort. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to hit this, uh, this email here because I think okay. it'll um, kind of guide uh, the, the final bits of this conversation. Um, so this is from Moritz. Uh, hey, and greetings from Sweden. Um, I got a starter extract brewing kit for Christmas and a kid last year, too. Uh, and used my baby-induced sleepless nights in the last few months to listen to the whole back catalog of Homebrew Bound episodes. Oh, God bless. And you turned me into a horrible beard nerd in that time. Nice. Thanks a lot, anyhow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did enjoy the whole bunch and learned a lot, and now I just have to apply more of it uh, in other ways than boring everyone with my newly gained brewing and beer knowledge. Um, got four batches out of my kit already, increasingly uh, tasting worse as I get more experimental, but I have high hopes for my, uh, my current... Uh, kettle sour Berliner uh, Goza thing involving sauerkraut-style lacto-fermented wheat, and uh, the bitter I will make afterward uh, does taste nice in my mind already, too. Anyhow, I do have a question. My kit is small, uh, basically a gallon glass bottle with all the fixings to ferment, um, and don't plan to increase the size anytime soon or switch to all grain, as flat is small and girlfriend claims it is already just full of my junk. She did give me the kit to start with, so I need to brew her stuff she likes too. Asking her what she wanted, she told me she'd like to try something similar to Lindemann's Apple, one of her favorites. Reading up on it, it is obviously not something that can be thrown together and, and done in a few weeks, which she has accepted. So I will continue to uh, continue brewing vice beer for her for now. However, that same girlfriend is currently doing a PhD and planning to finish in one and a half, two years time. So I decided to brew something like it for her graduation, which would be a reasonable time frame. As mentioned, I do have access to proper equipment and will not brew this just in a gallon batch. N- nevertheless, uh, I also work at a university, and might not have, er, so I might not have access to a large kettle or gas burner, but I have access to a microbiology uh, microbiology lab. So the general plan would be to brew a 20 to 40 liter batch. Um, I randomly have some old glass fermenters, uh, someone left in a basement, autoclaving uh, two and a half kilograms of Pilsen or extra light DME, and uh, two and a half kilograms of wheat DME, then mixing it directly in the fermenters with a milliq, uh, sterilized deionized water from the lab. Uh, my first question is how to add the hops. Traditionally, one uses old hops, which I don't really have, but I'm unclear uh, what it is what it is in the beer for. Anyway, I could boil high alpha with a small amount of DME and add it to my no-boil wort, or just a little hop shot for some slight bitterness, or I could skip it entirely. So we'll stop there. Thoughts on that part of it? Um, I think the hop shot is probably your best bet, though. You, so if you're doing no boil, right? I you're not a summarizing anything, right? So if you're doing no boil and you're just doing the mash, I mean, I maybe just skip it or add like some or add uh, some like isomerized uh, extract to taste. Yeah, that's probably. Add, adding something I summarized, yeah, that's that's the route to go. Okay. 
All right. Um, but uh, that would be bad for the antimicrobial properties. Would that really matter? Anyway, anyhow, then it goes to be fermented in some secret cor- corner of the uni's basement. Um, I got agreement from the boss. Probably uh, just a lambic yeast bacteria mix. Maybe I'll split the batch into one spontaneous ferment. I'm not sure how uh, I feel lucky enough for that. Um, and at some point, uh, pick some apples and chuck them in. Which, yeah. Chuck them. Chuck them. Yep. Chuck away. Uh, the other thing I'm not clear is, is should I remove the beer from the yeast cake at some point or not? No, not until you're about ready to, like, well, okay, yes and no. Yes, yeah. to, to clarify, like, the beer after it's done, done, quote, done fermenting. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, and then... Because you're going to let this sit for a while. Like, yeah. you're going to have your primary fermentation, but it's not going to be a normal, fer- normal, vigorous fermentation. This is going to be long and slow, yeah. and it's going to keep, like, changing over time. And if you remove it from the yeast keg, you're going to remove a lot of that bacteria, too. Yeah, so until you're ready to clarify or package, like when it's hit terminal or hit where you want it to yeah. be. Which and, I mean, there's just kind of inherent uh, turbidity to uh, this style anyway. Yeah, and to be clear, I'm not saying I'm, don't don't ever take your beer off yeast if you want it to, quote, be done. The beer's done when it's done. You, you work around the beer, not yeah. the other way around. Um, finally, the last point. At the end, it will be bottled and carbonated, and it will obviously be dry as fuck. He said AF. He says AF, yes. <laughs> uh, dry AF. Uh, my reading tells me that Lindemans would then pasteurize the beer and back-sweeten it with apple juice, which is obviously tricky at a homebrew level. The easiest alternative would be to serve it traditional, as in back-sweeten when served. Uh, I'm wondering if there's some kind of intermediate solution that I am somehow missing. Uh, there is, actually. Um, uh, potassium sorbate, right? Is yeah, the, or yeah. sodium benzoate. Or sodium benzoate. Mm-hmm. Um, these, like, they're, you can you can buy them at any homebrew show, a shop. In fact, would recommend, because you've, you've got these very uh, crazy, hardy bacterias and yeasts that you know, are, are on the skin of the fruit and it's, <laughs> you, you, it's not like when you pick up WLP one at, you know, it only does what it does. But when you've got this crazy mixture, this culture, or like yeah. I said, the, there's a bumblebee that like got some yeast all over it and t- took a nosedive into your wort and that grew and grew and grew, you know, the <laughs> point is Basically, you, you drop these uh, these yeah. chemicals in the beer, and I, I mean they are chemicals. But what and and but you know, they're not gonna I, they're not gonna affect the flavor of the beer. They're not yeah. gonna. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like, you know, what is pasteurization? It's like heat. It's heating. Yeah. So boil the wort then, or boil the beer then, right? You could, yeah, you could boil the you beer. You could, at this point, but, but like at this then point, you start constant. Like when you start boiling, boiling already isomerized hops. Or finished like that's and okay sorry, getting ahead of myself. This is the problem with why why NA is garbage because they have to boil the alcohol out of it and so it mm-hmm. concentrates 
the way the hops work. So that could be a whole nother segment is like, yeah, if you want to pasteurize it, boil it, but you got to be careful because it would constantly. Well, and you, you, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to bring it up to boiling to pasteurize. Exactly. I think it's 140 degrees or something okay. like that. Um, I'd have to look at the exact number sure. again. Yeah, and you, and you, aware. and you can, you can pasteurize bottles at the homebrew level, but it's extremely, uh, finicky and frankly, kind of dangerous. Um, okay. yeah, I mean, so there's. So I think I like yeah doing a chemical pasteurization with uh, sodium benzoate or um, the Camden tablets is going to be your best yeah. is going to be your best bet and what that'll do is it'll kill any bugs um, sack wild whatever in in the in the beer then you can back sweeten fairly safely and also if you want to um, carbonate in bottle. Like if, if you don't have kegging and you're going to bottle these and still want them to be carbonated, um, you can after after your you've done um, your your like your your chemical pasteurization, you can add yeast in, right? And then if you and you can kind of know exactly what it'll do because sack is very predictable, right? So I think we probably touched on everything in that email but before we wrap things up i wanted to touch on you you were kind of poking at me and asking me questions about this and i was struggling to yeah. find the notes on it but you can age on whole fruit so add it never frozen you can add fruit during the brew which you know orange peel or something during the boil uh you can add a concentrate or a whole fruit puree and that's that's after that's skin and seeds removed, um, water contents removed. Um, you can freeze frozen. You can freeze fruit or take just take frozen fruit because then it's, it's you sterile. Know, sterile and throw it in um, to a fermenter. That's the thing to do. You can add fruit flavoring. You can add extract or essence um, or other options. And those would be post. So that would be adding after the fact. Uh, fruit concentrate, whole purees, um, you know, uh, benefit of that is that they're already pasteurized. So that's yeah. fine. You can add that whenever. Don't worry about unwanted bacteria. Or, you know, I, I won't say secondary fermentation because how many. We don't, we don't believe in secondary fermentation because there's only fermentation. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, those are the, I think we covered. I, th I think yeah I think I think uh, I think that's it. Everything yeah. Um, so then he finishes out. So once again, thanks for the great podcast. Looking forward to new episodes. Sorry for the long email, and hope you can answer some of my questions. Well, more. It's uh, thank you for giving us an episode idea, yeah. and uh, I hope we answered everything um, for you. And we also talked about uh, pressure uh, fermentation last week. So um, I hope you uh, like. I know you wanted us to do one on that. So yay. Awesome. All right, uh, any final thoughts there, Brian? Or Alrighty. All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnessstudios. You can follow us on Instagram at blindnessstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.